Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to the Second Success Podcast with me, Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. So we're seven episodes in now with the Second Success Podcast and I've had some pretty good feedback so far and if this is the first time you're tuning in and you've not heard any of the others before, please do remember to follow and or subscribe on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Today's guest on my podcast is my friend Anishka Prasad. She's a tech entrepreneur in the legal space, so listen out for her shortly. And before I start, I want to talk a little bit about action and results. We all love to be inspired, motivated and filled with joy. I mean, what better way than to say it with a great quote? Whether it's the power of language, the primal factor or an aspect of self-coaching, quotes can inspire and motivate us. Now, for some years now, I've used quotes to inspire as the mainstay through Instagram. However, I thought it was time to step it up. So with us being in lockdown and with more time on my hands and having grown up around clothing manufacturing through my father and grandfather, I came up with an idea to reach as many people as possible with the idea of inspiration through clothing. So from idea, execution to delivery was less than two weeks. And I must admit, the credit doesn't go to me. The only thing I can be credited with is the idea. And knowing the right people to turn to to help realise the idea into an action that produced the result. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say to you guys. If you have an idea, sometimes the reason you don't carry through with it is because you've got no idea where to start and what to do next. And we put all the onus on ourselves to execute that idea. However, sometimes it's better to leverage the network that you have. Maybe look around and see who can help you and maybe better place to execute that idea so that you can share the result. And sometimes we're too precious of our own ideas and realistically what we need to do is start collaborating more so that we can start delivering more and quicker results. So with all that, the clear quotes was formed. And I've got to say a huge thanks to Ecosis for bringing the idea to reality. Now the clear quotes is a range of organic cotton comfort wear for men and women, each with a different quote to inspire and motivate. And to do my bit for the planet, 20% of all profits are going to be donated to the Bio Foundation's U Ocean Project. And that's looking to clean and remove a billion kilos of plastics uh, from the oceans by 2030. So as you wear the clear quotes clothing, I want others to be inspired and motivated as they share your lived experience. So if you're ready to be inspired through clothing, do check out www.theclearquotes.com. So today's guest is Anishka Prasad, a former lawyer, now turned entrepreneur and legal tech enthusiast. She has an award-winning legal tech startup in London that addresses the pain point of work-from-home solutions for lawyers, mediators and legal professionals. Coming from a legal background of commercial litigation and now having fully transitioned to entrepreneurship in London, she has a strong drive of passion for startups. Anishka's also got an MBA from Imperial College Business School in London and she's very passionate about entrepreneurship and venture capital. So let's hear what she had to say. Hello Anishka, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I was going to say, it's not been long we've known each other, probably just over a year, maybe? Yeah, about, about that time, yeah. Yeah, but I've been, it's been fascinating to see what you do. It's been fascinating to see your journey, and especially in the tech space, but that's something that we're going to come back to a bit later. I'd like for you to kick off and talk about your past in the sense of your academic and law qualifications and you being a lawyer. 
Sure. Um, so I started off my career in litigation uh, back in New Zealand because that's where I'm from. And um, I always had the sense of wanting to own my own law tech or legal tech, as they say. Um, that dream took a while to be realized. And there were a lot of attributes that sort of um, kind of built up over time that I was thinking about, you know, this is what I want it to look like. This is how I'd like to structure it, et cetera. But I think mainly it was more of a mindset thing that needed to shift going from a private practice. I'm a lawyer. I go to court occasionally and I perform a, a certain task essentially mm. to be entrepreneur where it's a very different mindset it's a different industry altogether there, there's different sort of kpis um there's different expectations of you um and i think the mindset was the biggest thing that sort of needed to shift for me and in my opinion that's that's probably the challenge that took me the, the time that it did in terms of transitioning where did, where did that where did that initial aspiration come from you know you said straight away that you knew that you wanted to be in law tech or be an entrepreneur I think it inherently it comes from a place of being a problem solver. Um, I always wanted to get to places quicker, uh, more efficiently. Efficiency mm. has always been a thing for me. And um, that's something, funnily enough, I get teased for in friends and family as well. I'm the quickest person to reply to any text message. Um, <laughs> it's just a, it's a very annoying habit. Is that quicker uh, than me? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have the world record of replying to messages at times. And um, I think it just comes down to your personality. And I'm not saying that the legal field wasn't quick enough for me or anything like that. It just wasn't really um, giving me a reason to wake up in the morning doing the same sort of um, task that I was doing. And I thought that the problems were still there that I couldn't, that I could have fixed. That could have been me. Like I always thought about, you know, when you read um, a magazine or something, you mm. see somebody doing a very innovative piece of work, um, developing tech that's kind of revolutionary, et cetera. Um, you do get that sort of um, voice from inside that, you know, th this could potentially be me um, in my mm. industry. Why not? And okay. that's where the sort of seed came to be unapologetic in terms of what you want to pursue and just go after it. You know, you've made the move from New Zealand to the UK. That's challenging enough as it is. Uh, tell me a little yeah. bit about that. What, what, what was that like? It's pretty simple, really. I bought a one-way ticket. I came and I never <laughs> went back. <laughs> easy, so, easy enough to do. It was pretty easy. Um, I suppose, uh, again, it's more of a mindset thing. If you are ready for it, buying a one-way ticket and leaving a, a, a whole network of friends and family can be a challenge mentally if you're not mm. prepared for it. Having that said, if you are prepared for it, for it which I was, because it was a buildup of years as opposed to an overnight decision, um, okay. it was more about, right, um, I was um, doing the same sort of work. It wasn't really uh, fascinating me as such. It was definitely, I'm very, very grateful for all of the opportunities that I received in life in terms of law, in terms of, you know, even, even now that I get. But I think I'm just the sort of person that likes to keep on growing. Mm -hmm. And it had come to that that point that I I think I'd reached my potential in, in more ways than than, than okay. I'd like to have, have kept it. And I just sort of said, right, okay, a one-way plane ticket, that's what's required. Let's go. However, the move, you know, from New Zealand to the UK, I guess you could have gone anywhere. Why in particular the UK? Well, I think a couple of things were aligned for me in terms of making that decision. Uh, one in particular was my MBA at the time, which I recently almost about to finish. Um, so at that time, I was um, sort of thinking about coming to London. It was an option naturally because my business school was over here, Imperial College. And um, it sort of made me think, right, London's tech space is quite good for my level of startup. 
startups and especially low tech, um, it's very sort of um, the, the ecosystem is quite supportive in that sense mm-hmm. that we've got a lot of um, legal tech um, innovation over here and there's government schemes to support. Um, I've done my research. I started doing quite a bit of research okay. around where would be a great space. And London was just very aligned because a business mm-hmm. school the sort of low tech space over here and um see i just i just like london i just love london when i came and visited and i said right i could see a home over here so you've made you know you made the move you're like you said you're about to complete your mba you've been working as a lawyer however what i want us to move to is your next success your second success and you know i i actually think you've had plenty of successes um uh you know having spoken to you you're moving on to the law tech Being an entrepreneur, I know you've got your fingers in a couple of things. Talk a bit about that. So I consider my entrepreneurial career or transition rather as my second success in life. Um, As I said, I was very sort of grateful for my career as a lawyer. I had some brilliant opportunities back in New Zealand that I was ever so grateful for. But having that said, it had reached its sort of capacity, in my opinion, and I wanted something that was success in in my mind rather than success in someone else's mind. So for instance, the natural progression would be to be a partner at a law firm, but that wasn't success in my mind. My mind was thinking more about innovation. The mindset Mm -hmm. was there to sort of challenge yourself a bit further. So I think currently I am living in my second success, if that makes sense, where where I've made myself that way. And mind you, in my opinion, I don't think success is is a destination that you reach and you're sort of happy with. It's more, Mm -hmm. I consider it like paying rent. If you stop paying, you can't live, right? Yeah. So, so like you have to keep on paying that that sort of um, rent that comes with saying that you're successful, and the rent happens to be work. It happens to be effort, um, and I think if you if you're hungry enough, you will keep on putting in the effort. You talk about success, and it's an ongoing thing. However, what do you think has contributed to this second success of yours? So, you know, being successful as a lawyer and now moving into this entrepreneurial area. What are your three key attributes that you've taken in terms of mental attributes into this new second success? I think I might have touched on it a little bit. Um, First of all, I think you need to be hungry in terms of um, the the opportunities that you want to go after. You need to know what you need to go after. So have have a fixed mind in terms of what success looks like to you, because success is a Mm. very subjective thing. And people have their opinions about, you know, this is success, that's success. Some people want that everyone wants different things, right? So, and the third attribute I would say is that you need to be tenacious. Once you've understood what you want, there will be a lot of obstacles in your way, for sure. I mean, because otherwise nothing yeah. worth having, it, it comes easy, right? Um, yeah. And neither would I want, I'm not okay. saying that I'd love to struggle, but what I'm trying to say is that I like a bit of a fight. It's the okay. litigator in me. So it comes out every now and then. And you, you like a bit of a fight in terms of saying that, right, you really earned this right mm. or this, this reason to be successful or what have you. Okay. I, I don't think, I, so yeah, it's, I would say that three key attributes would definitely be um, know what you want, clearly define what you want in terms of being yeah. uh, what success is. Also, just know for a fact that um, once you're on this journey, you can't you can't hold back, and you need to keep mm. on going until you have reached that sort of first objective of what means successful to you. And then mm. you need to also maintain that success, right? Because comes with maintenance as well. I think a lot of people forget that once you're on this journey and you've achieved it, it's not like you get an award and then that's it. You stop working. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you need to sort of keep on paying the premium for calling yourself that good enough to have gotten it in the first place. Of course, so I think course. Um, those are just my thoughts. Oh. Wow. So for, for me, you know, th- reflecting on that, it's like did not, uh, desire, clarity and tenacity are your three me- main key attributes yeah. there. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good takeaway. And one thing I know about you and you haven't mentioned, I want to see if this has played any part in terms of your career to date is you're running. You've completed a marathon. Yes, I have. I've completed two marathons. <laughs> two marathons, that's it. Yeah. Well, but... so, so how has that played in any way? Because I, I've spoken to other people on this podcast and there's two themes I've seen. Success has come about from being very good at sports or having that desire and that innate necessity, almost the necessity that drives you to succeed. Yeah. Where do you fall into that? Or does do you fall into that at all? I, I don't think I was inherently made for sports um, growing up because as a child, I hated it. Um, mm-hmm. I was not physically fit. I wasn't athletic at all. The running thing came, I suppose, the desire to rather do a marathon was like, okay, it's going to be cool once or twice. Um, I'll run and I'll see if I can be fit enough to do a marathon. It sort of started off with that. But then I think your your sort of traits as a person do kind of sip in to these things when you when you take on a a certain challenge or or a perceived Mm -hmm. challenge and I just started basically running almost every day or every weekend and I started making goals and milestones etc next thing Mm -hmm. you know I was doing a full marathon and then I did the second one as well in the same year this is this is a while back this is not like recently so I think and, and now ever since I've done those I think the whole um desire to you know, be physically fit just comes naturally due to that fact. Mm-hmm. But I, I sort of associate running and fitness with with my um, way of discipline, my, my way of living as well, because I think mm-hmm. that uh, I think most people who, who are quite disciplined in the way that they conduct themselves have a certain sport that they sort of associate or, or you know, like devote mm-hmm. time to. Um, I think personally that part of my life kicked in in my mid-20s. It wasn't something that I, I grew up with. It wasn't something that I particularly desired. I was always sort of, um, uh, I didn't have any body weight issues. So I didn't really think about it like, right, okay, I need okay. to be in a certain picture. I think it came more from a way of, right, okay, I'm a very routine person. I need a certain discipline. And running started off as that sort of primary discipline that I could attach myself to because, I mean, I could run um, mm. and it wasn't hard. Uh, there's certain things that I can't do in sports, but this thing I could. So yeah. I just went with it and I kept doing it. They do say it's one of the easier ones to pick up. Uh, I'm not a keen runner, but yeah. I do enjoy it when I'm out. So the one thing that you've talked about there is discipline and structure. And the one thing I know I speak with clients is force any kind of success. You do need discipline and structure in life. Uh, if you don't, you can't measure the goals that you're trying to attain. And however, the, the, the one downside of structure sometimes can be that you don't have that freedom for innovation or creation. So how do you then, being in the industry that you're in that requires creativity and innovation and also being very disciplined and structured, how do you balance the two? It's not easy. Um, it, it's it's a constant balancing act. And I think that most people fail to realise that you the, the, the sort of ability to switch between the two is, is key. So I personally, I would do a lot of self-checks in terms of understanding. Mm. I keep a diary. I write quite a bit. Um, in terms of understanding, uh, or well, sorry, type quite a bit now, so I don't do writing. But yeah, I type quite a bit in terms of understanding, right, what are the goals that sort of I've achieved? 
what part of me can sort of take a stand back and see how far you've come and then sort of go back to the discipline. But in terms of discipline, when I talk about that, I'm referring more to my daily routine. So, um, and, and, and still being flexible in that, because I think a lot of people have a daily routine. They are quite disciplined, but they sort of don't have the ability to pivot if something changes. I think being flexible throughout the day is quite a necessary attribute if you mm. want to fit in things or, or, or you know, because I, I would have time, days that I have a fully structured plan, but it doesn't go according to your plan. And I think a lot of people sort of waste time or rather um, getting their feelings in terms of, right, my day didn't go a certain way. You know, I'm not having a productive day, but mm -hmm. a productive day is what you define it to be, right? Like in terms mm -hmm. of if you found the lessons that you needed to from that sort of so-called unproductive day, then you've understood why it was unproductive and it won't be the case going forward. And I think like my, my sort of like attribute that I'm really happy with that I'm that I can do quite easily is the ability to pivot from one priority to the other. Mm -hmm. Understand that this is, you know, sometimes a band-aid would do on a situation. Yeah. You can revisit that. And a lot of people don't do that. They sort of mm -hmm. sit there and they think about it and it sort of um, creates other, you, you bypass all the other problems that come and go. And then yeah. you've created a bigger yeah. situation for yourself. So being, being pivot, I think discipline comes okay. It's a great attribute to have, but the ability to pivot is mm -hmm. priceless. I was going to say, we get roadblocks, challenges, stumbles all the time, and it's what we then decide to do about them. I mean, uh, the world hasn't seen anything bigger, I guess, than what we've been going through uh, this year in terms of the pandemic. And, you know, people have had to pivot and, and enforced pivot almost to, to, you know, maintain that success or bring about success. So I guess, you know, it's a good topic to touch upon is how has COVID affected you? For me personally, I think it's um, it's been great in many ways. I'm, I'm one of those that has benefited from um, COVID and I've got no shame in admitting that. My business uh, deals with work from home solutions. Mm. So we've been really able to bring out the value proposition of um, the technology that we're going to offer to our clients. So it's been great in that sense. In terms mm -hmm. of a personal level, yeah, I mean, there, there have been times where I felt quite um, isolated more than more than I would usually do as I as I do live alone in London. I've moved here by myself. But the sort of lack of ability to have that human contact does bother you, obviously, from now every now and then. Um, and I think that it's just something that you have to take with a pinch of salt, right? Um, it's something that you know that like there's a level of relatability as well when you see the news or you hear someone else's experiences that you're not alone in it. And I think that's what I've taken as a big as a big takeaway from this whole experience that you know this is, it is a pandemic. It is affecting everyone. I've got no right to complain. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I see it. I've got no right to complain. I've I've had quite a few things that have worked out for me during this period. Mm -hmm. It's been a really hyper productive period for myself. As um, you you do you have no no other option but forced to work um, in yeah. a way forced to think. Um, and I think those are the best moments when you're able to isolate yourself. So really, mm -hmm. I see it as a privilege for myself. No, I think that's really positive to hear. And I do say that, you know, you know, we, we started talking about this because of the challenges and um, problems that we might face and that we need to pivot. Yeah. However, if we see it in that way, that it's not a problem, that actually it's just a challenge, it's something that we need to overcome, it makes it easier. And it actually doesn't put us on the back foot it actually makes us actually become more creative and innovative yeah. when we think that it's a challenge that we need to overcome rather than a problem that we need to fix 
I frankly don't see it as a problem at all. I see mm. it as an opportunity. I just see it as an absolute opportunity. And um, I think most people fail to realize opportunity when it's in front of them because mm -hmm. it's never going to have that label on it. You're the one who has to figure out that it's an opportunity for you to capitalize on. Of course, that, that is so true. That is so true. So many missed opportunities. And when we say that, opportunities come knocking and people just don't realize it. And uh, it is key. But then this is what comes about of having that focused approach, that disciplined approach, where you know that when an opportunity comes, that you're going to notice it for the opportunity that it is. And, and definitely put in the effort at that point in time, because that's another attribute that a lot of people notice the opportunity, but fail to put in the effort for whatever yeah. reason, because mindset wise, they're not quite geared yet. And would you say, I mean, we've talked about mindset a lot here and you've talked about a lot of attributes. You know, some would think that, oh, gosh, I don't have that. But it's not about not having it. I personally think it's about trying, failing, learning from failure and training that mindset and actually developing the mindset. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, the first thing that you want to train yourself to is definitely get comfortable with failure. Um, I think the, the people who are very comfortable with failure are the ones who are successful. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. I, I, I don't think anyone, we live in a world where we don't talk about our failures because it's not, it's not normal. If I was to talk about my failures, there'd be way more material and content than the success that I've got. But having that said, I don't like to focus on those because I think everyone has it and it just puts you in a, in a mindset that's not very progressive, right? So it's something that to be aware of is that everyone's got failure, right? And you need to get comfortable with that. And when yours happens, see it as an opportunity. And it does sound quite like cliche, I know, but um, I've had many failures. I've gotten over them. And that's something that um, has helped me to get the successes that I've got. Yeah, but you learn from them. And that's the thing. You learn how not to do things. And, um, you know, the idea is maybe you have, as you progress, you have less and less failures. That's the intention. Yeah. But at the beginning, and I think also you should, you should learn to laugh at yourself every now and then. <laughs> if you take yourself too seriously, then it doesn't really work out either. In terms of like, right, I, I set myself this goal and I didn't really achieve it. Oh, God, I'm a failure. Like, I just see failures as, as comedy now. So it helps me get over it. You know, obviously, like, you've got that point where you're like, right, you don't want to lose everything or anything like that. But the micro failures that many of us have in life, mm. I think we get sort of drained with that situation way too much. That We let it get get a piece of us that doesn't need to be given. Of <laughs> course. But, and, and, and those listening, uh, Anishka would say that, you know, it seems that you've got everything sorted. However, we're all human and we can all have an absolutely crappy day. Tell me, how do you deal with your worst days? I go for a run or I go and exercise or I, I make sure that I probably have um, a decent drink or I would probably call a friend. There's multiple things that I would do to deal with a crappy day. And there's many of those. Believe me, there's, there's more crappy days than there are great days. Um, especially when you're in an industry that's constantly evolving, et cetera. The nature of what I do is not, uh, there's no roadmap to it. Mm. So if, you, if you're in those sort of industries where, you, you know, you have to sort of think on your feet quite a bit, just expect that there's going to be more bad days <laughs> than mm -hmm. good days. And when the good days come, they, they, will, will, they will make up for the bad days, but then obviously you have to get through the bad day. So in my opinion, I've got a sort of... Um, uh, I've got sort of a, a plan of how to deal with my bad days. It's very sort of uh, discipline in that approach as well. So I need to do, I need to talk to a certain person. I need to have a drink. I need to go for a workout, not in that 
not in that order, just in any order, right? So um, it really depends on what you feel like. So I, I actually treat myself on the bad days. I think a lot of people fail to do that. Uh, they only celebrate their successes. And when people aren't, you know, doing very well, that we, we tend to punish ourselves for not doing well enough. But I actually do, do the opposite. So I treat myself on my bad days and say, you know what, it wasn't that bad. Because you need to pick yourself up when there's no one yeah. to pick you up. Of course, exactly. You can only be your own champion, you know, especially when we're in the situation that we're in. You know, yeah. we've got, we can't be too, I always say we're too hard on ourselves sometimes. And it is about being, it is about self-care, being kind. And it's not about doing it to others, but ourselves first. Nishka, thank you very much for your time. Honestly, that's been really insightful, inspirational. And I think there's some great takeaways there. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. And that was Anishka Prasad. Wonderful to be able to speak to her and listen to her insights as she's embarked on this journey into tech entrepreneurship and her move to London. And just to be clear that um, the persistent coughing that you might have heard throughout that podcast, in fact, wasn't anybody coughing. I think I had a bit of a technical glitch. So my apologies. I'll be sure to clear that up next time. The one thing I really enjoyed about listening to Anishka speak is how she's taken 2020 and really seen it as a positive rather than any negative. Admittedly, her work is all about working from home. So that, in fact, has helped in what she's able to deliver for her clients. But just, in fact, her mindset as well, I thought, you know, really helped her in making 2020 as positive as possible. And as she said, she's had plenty of failures. In fact, she fails more often than she succeeds. But it's that constant resilience, that tenacity that she talked about that has really taken her through this and given 2020 to be a productive year for her, more so than many others. There may be all sorts of external factors that are vying against you to deliver on what you want to achieve. But if you've got the passion, the motivation, you will go on and overcome any challenges that may present themselves to go on and achieve your success. And with that, today I'd like to leave you with a short clip from a movie called Legally Blonde. Reese Witherspoon's character is giving a speech at her graduation and in it she reminds us that if you have the passion and faith in yourself you can go on and achieve your goals whether they're getting them in law school or conquering something else. So find something that motivates you and you will succeed. On our very first day at Harvard a very wise professor quoted Aristotle. The law is reason free from passion. Well, no offense to Aristotle. But in my three years at Harvard, I have come to find that passion is a key ingredient to the study and practice of law and of life. It is with passion, courage of conviction, and strong sense of self that we take our next steps into the world. Remembering that first impressions are not always correct. You must always have faith in people. And most importantly, you must always have faith in yourself. Congratulations, class of 2004. We did it! Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, The Clear Coach.